Welcome to Fusion Church's Sermon of the Week. Fusion Church is located in Wakanda, Illinois. We exist to complete and multiply people who passionately follow Christ. For more information, visit www.fusionchurch.com. Let's dive into this week's sermon. We're going to dive in right now. So I've been kind of talking over the last few weeks about how I believe that we're in this sacred season and how there are these different seasons of life that we find ourselves in. And Jesus in John chapter 15 talks about these sacred seasons uh, and kind of gives us a little window into what it is that how life actually works. And he uses this metaphor of the vine and the branches. So John chapter 15, uh, verses 1 through 5, I'll just read those again just to remind us of what it says. Here's what Jesus says. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So we've been talking uh, here for the last few weeks about how the Father's intention here in this passage, Jesus lets us know the Father's intention is that we would bear fruit, that we would grow and that we would bear fruit, that our lives would begin to become to look more like Jesus and then our lives would begin to produce what Jesus' life produced. That's his heart. That's what he wants for us. And then we talked about how uh, that doesn't happen on its own. So Jesus says there's an intervention here that the Father brings, which is pruning in our lives, which we've talked about is often not a fun thing. It usually involves taking away of things that either are um, things that we really don't need that aren't bearing fruit or um, of removing things that are good but not fruitful enough. And so I've said I think that that has been the season that we find ourselves in over the last few weeks, that we're in the season of pruning where uh, things that our comforts have been taken away, our rhythms and patterns of life have been taken away. Some of the things that we really enjoy, I feel like they've been removed. And so it feels like we've been in this season of pruning, but then we started to lean into this idea, but there's an invitation from the father. Uh, and that invitation is that we would remain in him, that the way that we actually can engage in this process, we, we're not called to produce fruit. That's not, we can't produce fruit on our own. We can't cause ourselves to grow, although we can join Join that in that. But the thing that Jesus says, here's the thing I want you to do, I want you to do is to remain in me. And we talked about how uh, there's really a couple things going on here. One is the posture of rest, and the other is the practice of rest. The posture of rest, we said, was really being in that position of dependency and connection. And I, and I, and I talked about how there, Jesus gives us a cue or a clue that, um, what he means is that we should hear his voice in our lives louder than all other voices. That, that his words, as he says here, should remain in us. And so we have to choose to put ourselves in a position to hear his word and let his word be the loudest, most important voice in our lives. So that's our posture that we adopt. But then there, I think that there's a practice that we get to adopt. And that practice is to remain, or another way to talk about this is to rest. So today I want to talk about rest, how remaining 
equals rest. Remaining is this practice of rest. So Jesus here talks about branches being pruned back so that they can bear even more fruit. When a branch is pruned back, it becomes in a state of rest. It's not producing fruit. It's not visibly growing. Its job when a branch is pruned is simply to get nourishment from the vine, to actually strengthen itself by doing nothing, by simply resting. So in this state of rest, when a branch is pruned back and not bearing fruit, it's getting nourished. It's getting strengthened. There are things that are happening that you can't quite see. To be sure, there's growth happening even in when a branch is pruned back and it looks like nothing's happening, but it's unseen growth. It's, uh, if we to kind of stretch the metaphor a little bit, it's like when you put a seed in the ground, there are roots that grow before you ever any, before you ever see anything above the surface. That is what happens in this state that Jesus is talking about of remaining. Uh, what's the point here? The point is that uh, I want to make, and we're going to dive into is that to remain in Jesus means to that we learn to rest well in him. Now, before I, I'm going to talk about Sabbath and that kind of stuff in a minute, but let me just say from the outset that in this passage, Jesus is not exactly kind of advocating or prescribing that we do Sabbath. I think I'm going I'm to share why I think that that's important in a minute. Uh, so that's not exactly what he has in mind. He wants us to adopt the posture of dependency, the posture of connection. But I would argue that the practice of rest helps us adopt that posture, that the actual um, uh, practice and intention of resting well helps us to actually be connected deeply with God. So let's just think for just practically for just a minute. Human beings need rest. It is built into how God made us as people that we have to rest. It's essential to our functioning as human beings. If you uh, have uh, ever seen a sleep deprived parent, you'll know what I mean. When a when a newborn baby is entered into the equation and a person who's used to sleeping eight hours is now getting maybe two, if you're really lucky, four hours to uh, sleep and you see them walking around kind of like zombies, you know that sleep is like super, super important. Actually, uh, sleep deprivation can produce the same kinds of symptoms as intoxication can, like drinking or drugs or whatever, so much so that people will oftentimes who are sleep deprived will get pulled over and 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 treated as though they were drunk driving because it's so important that we rest. Our bodies, our minds, our hearts need rest. Our brains shut down, our bodies shut down, our emotions get thin. Uh, if you've ever seen a kid throwing a temper tantrum in the store and you're like, what is going on with that kid? A lot of times a parent will turn to you and say they need a nap uh, because there's just this, uh, this built-in thing in us where we require rest. Well, God made us to rest. I know that's weird to think about because we often talk about how God has made us to work. He tells us to, um, to rule over the earth, to be fruitful and multiply. That's what he says in Genesis chapter one. But then the begin, that story of our creation and our walking with God, it actually is framed towards the end, not with us working, but with us resting. So on the sixth day of creation, it says in the first and then into the second chapter of Genesis, that God ceased from all of his work. Or another way to say it is that he's rested. And that word cease and the work of Hebrew or stop is where we get the word Sabbath. God Sabbathed 
or Shabbat from his work or from his rest. Uh, that, that idea of Sabbath then becomes this important kind of theme all throughout scripture. Um, so God ceases from his work or that he rested. So the, the idea of Sabbath simply means to stop and think about this, for instance, for, for just a second, humanity is, is created on the sixth day We're we're, we're created on the sixth day. And then our first full day after that, in the seventh day, we're not working, we're not toiling, we're not doing anything, we're resting with God on the day that he rested. Now, God wasn't tired, he, he didn't need a break from all that he was doing, he just ceased to create. And our first full day with him, we're not actually working, we're resting with God. And actually, if you wanted to do a little study sometime, this would, this would be really interesting. The whole biblical storyline um, could be described or understood as an invitation to rest with God. This invitation to rest with God, to enter into his rest, to enter into this deep abiding kind of connection with God. But Genesis chapter 3 happens and we, we sin and we fall into a state of restlessness. Now, there's this kind of like sense that we have where uh, we, we, we are looking for rest, but we don't quite know how to find it. Even we do things that might feel restful, but they really pacify us. They don't satisfy us. And so, so we're in the state of humanity uh, of restlessness. We um, are looking to find rest for our souls in other things than finding rest in God, which was our intent right from the beginning. So think about Jesus' words. Uh, this won't be on your screen, but Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary. Isn't that interesting? Jesus' invitation to us is, hey, if you're tired, if you're worn out, if you're burnt out, come to me, those of you who are weary. And then Jesus makes this promise there in verse 28, and I will give you rest. And not just any kind of rest. He says, rest for your souls. So whatever Jesus came to do, he came that he would take weary, tired people. Not just, I'm physically tired because I didn't get enough sleep, but your soul I will give you rest. That's what Jesus came to do. This whole biblical story is kind of wrapped up in this idea of eventually getting to this place of rest with God. So the kind of rest that I'm talking about, the kind of rest that we need, the kind of remaining that we're talking about here is more than simply a break from work. It's more than just a Saturday because that's your day off. It's actually a deep need for our restless souls. That's the way I would think about that. There's a difference between not working and really resting. There is a difference. We can all take a day off, but that doesn't mean we're truly resting. As you know as well as I do, sometimes your day off from work, you don't actually feel rested. You don't feel like you have rest in your soul. There's a deeper need that we have been simply just not working. They're connected together, this idea of not working and rest, but they're not exactly the same thing. As a matter of fact, doctors and lawyers, not lawyers, not lawyers at all, uh, doctors and psychologists and, and plain old pastors like me, uh, and, and many theologians and, and, and church people throughout history have looked and said, you know what? There's a human condition that um, is restless, and um, the restlessness of our soul can often be seen in our inability to actually physically rest. So we're, some of us are workaholics. 
Some of us can't sit still for more than a few minutes. Now, I'm not talking about those of you maybe who have ADD or something like that, but I'm talking about the restlessness of the human soul that manifests itself in busyness. And some of us feel like we're resting when we're really just distracting ourselves from reality. We're being kind of mindless entertainment, and that is not the kind of rest that we need. And all people, all the kind of great thinkers throughout history have said, you know what, this is a problem within humanity, but there's this connection to us actually resting and us actually having the restlessness of our soul actually fulfilled in Christ. So, so here's the way I would think about that. Um, the best way to learn how to settle the restlessness in our souls is to learn how to rest well. Um, now again, we're not talking about simply just kind of taking a day off and finding to do, finding something you do, to do that you really like. I mean, that's a part of this, but that is not the end game. Here's, here's a little bit of what I mean. If you go back to the old Testament and you look through kind of the Hebrew scriptures, you'll see this real emphasis on the idea of Sabbath. And we see a command that we should keep the Sabbath and that we should make it or keep it holy. This idea of Sabbath, if you're not familiar was a 24-hour period where you didn't do any kind of work at all. No cooking, no tending to things in the house. Uh, There was no selling of anything. There was no buying of anything. It literally meant to stop. Let all of your busyness and all of your activity completely stop for the purposes of somehow connecting. I'm going to go into that in just a second. It was a full 24 hours from sundown on Friday to sun sundown on Saturday of ceasing and stopping all of our, our all of our activity. And here's what I I mean we I don't have time to go into like a really deep study of Sabbath. So I'm going to do some summary here. I would say that the purpose of Sabbath or the purpose of rest, I'm going to use those words in a changeable in a kind of an interchangeable way, um, is this. It's about relational connection. The purpose of Sabbath or the purpose of rest is about relational connection. Let me break it down a little bit. First, there's connection with God. So in the Old Testament, this idea of Sabbath or entering into kind of a Sabbath kind of rest simply means I'm not going to do a bunch of other work. I'm not going to be busy doing a bunch of other things because I want my energy and my attention to be focused on connecting with God. And so the distractions that I normally have in my day-to-day life, I'm going to put push the pause button on all of those things in order to connect with God in a deeper way. And I'm going to engage in activities like prayer, worship, reading the scriptures, uh, talking and recounting the story of God uh, in these kinds of ways in order to connect with the heart of God. It's about relational connection. That's the kind of first thing. That's the first kind of purpose. That's relational connection with God. The second part of that, the second part of Sabbath, and I think you can see this in scripture too, of rest, the second purpose of it is connection with yourself. And here's what I mean by that. Not just that we are um, self-aware, but I think that's a part of it, but that we're actually attending to uh, our needs as human beings. Uh, Now, in our culture, we kind of have two extremes. We have the full-on neglect of our needs, where we ignore uh, that our bodies are telling us that you're moving too fast, 
that you need to slow down, that you're stressed and that you're anxious and that you're worried. You're not paying attention to what your body actually needs. And so that's one extreme. The other extreme is uh, kind of self-pampering 24-7. I mean, how many times have you heard the phrase, you deserve this today, right? That is not exactly what I mean. What I mean here is that we slow down. I think this is the biblical call back in the Old Testament, was that we slow down and we stop our work so that we can actually um, be connected with what's going on in my body. Do I actually physically need to rest? Do I, am, am I been working hard? And, and, and especially in the Old Testament, uh, you've got people who are working in their fields, who are tending to their cattle. It's, it's hard, laborious work. They're not picking up kind of food at the, at the drop off. There's no Uber driver bringing food to the house. It's like, if you want food, you got to work for it. And so basically in this scenario, it's saying, no, we actually need to stop because our bodies physically need rest. Our minds also need rest. Uh, that, so you're not going to be stimulated by the outside world and all of these other kinds of things. And again, it's very different then than it is now. We need this now more than they needed it then. And we were under a constant barrage of information all the time coming at us. And sometimes I don't know about you, but I feel like I can't even hear my own thoughts. I don't, I don't even know what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling. And so that gets into the last part of that is that there's a, a part of us that needs to be connected with our spirit or our soul. What's going on here beneath the surface of what's going on in my thoughts and to my actual heart. And I'll just share, and I've, I've shared this before with some of you. Uh, a few years ago, I had an opportunity to do a kind of a extended Sabbath. I went away for a couple of days by myself to a, a place in Tennessee up in the mountains. Um, and um, I had been, it's coming out of a really busy kind of season of life. And I went up there and I was so excited about this opportunity to kind of be alone and pray and listen. And the first six or eight hours went great. I put on some music. I was making some good food and I got ready to sit down with my steak dinner uh, and was feeling feeling really rested, if I'm being totally honest, um, and was watching actually the sunset over the mountains. I mean, it was just like this picturesque moment. And the moment I sat down to eat my food, I felt like my heart was going to explode in my chest. And I was actually cut off uh, from good cell phone service and good internet. So I had no way, if I'm having a heart attack, I had no way to call anybody. And I started thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to die up here alone on this mountain and no one's ever going to know. And all it was, was I was beginning to have a panic attack. Because I finally slowed down enough to pay attention to what was going on in my heart. And it took me a little while to kind of recover from this panic attack that I have. And I wasn't worried about anything in particular. It was all of the worry, all of the frustration, all the things that were going on in my life that I had been pushing down until this moment where I could actually feel what's going on in my heart. And I think that that was part of God's design for Sabbath all the way back in the Old Testament, that we would be connected with ourselves. There's another part, and that would be that we would be connected with other people or connected with others. So imagine that for just a second, this is hard. This is maybe a little bit more easy for us to imagine right now because we're all kind of sheltering in place right now. But for the longest time, uh, it felt like we wouldn't know what it was like to be in our own home with the same people for 24 hours without devices and distractions and all these other kinds of things. Now, after you can only watch so much Netflix, you can only be distracted by so many things before you actually have to engage with one another. I think that God's heart in Sabbath was that we would actually get to know one another. We see Jesus practicing Sabbath with his disciples. He retreats away from the crowd and he takes his disciples with him on this journey. And that is where they really get to know who is this man that we've been following. 
There's something about learning to get to know each other in these seasons of Sabbath that is super important for, for us. So there's this connection with one another. There's this connection with the people that we live with. And actually, the biblical idea of Sabbath is really actually pretty radical. Compared to every other nation around them, uh, the, no, just because some people were resting didn't mean everybody got to rested, got to rest. But in Israel and, and among the people of God, when they were resting, everybody was resting. So if there was somebody from outside who was a servant in their community, they were also required to rest on Sabbath. What that meant is that no one was going to be exploited. What that meant is that we're not going to participate in the systems of the world. We're actually going to withdraw for a day in order to right relationships with people. So God built into this idea of Sabbath that relationships would be restored, that there'd be relational connection. So there's these three kind of primary things is connection with God. Connection with ourselves and connection with each other. That's the point and the purpose of Sabbath. I would just add one more, and there's not a slide for this one. Uh, There's also an idea of connection with the land. You know, part of our mandate as human beings was to take care of the planet that God put us to rule and reign over. That we should actually watch over this earth and that we should take care of it. We should actually bring about its fullness. And so building into this idea of Sabbath was this idea that there will be times where you don't work the land, where you actually let the land rest. And isn't it interesting right now that in this period where our patterns have been disrupted and not as many people are going to work right now, that pollution levels are dropping drastically. I don't know if you've seen some of the pictures of places in big cities where they can see mountains off in the distance that they, you were not able to see just a while ago because the smog level has dropped. It's actually really incredible. So built into this idea of rest that it's actually good for creation for us to rest as well. So that's an interesting kind of thing. Okay, so those are that's the purpose of rest. Now let me talk about re- briefly the practices of rest. So here is how we actually practice. So so here's what we're not saying. We're not saying is we're supposed to have Sabbath like that. That there is um uh this this um uh, connection that we're supposed to have to the Old Testament in which we are called to observe re- the religious practice of Sabbath. As a matter of fact, the scripture is really clear that we're under a new covenant and that we no longer have to do the things that the law prescribed. That's not a part, uh, that's not a part of what we're supposed to do. So Jesus fulfills the law so that we no longer have that obligation to do so. And he makes it clear that in Christ, all of that is fulfilled in a way. So while we don't have a religious responsibility to fulfill that requirement of Sabbath, I think the truth is that human beings are basically the same as we've always been. And that that Sabbath or rest was actually made for us as human beings. And then it's good for us to actually experience some form of Sabbath, not without kind of the legalistic kind of approach to it, but with the approach of like, no, my I need to connect in a deeper level with God. I need to connect in a deeper level with myself. I need to connect in a deeper level with the people around me. I think that we don't experience rest with God and real, real connection with God because we don't really intentionally practice rest. So I'm going to talk about how we practice rest, but I, but I, don't, I want you to understand I'm not advocating for this to be a legalistic kind of thing. This is an invitation from the Lord for deeper connection with him. So here's a couple practices of rest. 
So again, we're thinking here about connection, not just more to do. Now, obviously, uh, part of what it means to practice rest means we stop working and we actually rest. So whatever I say, I'm not going to go into a lot about how to sleep during, during our Sabbath or sleep during rest, because I'm just assuming that you're already going to do that. All right. So it's okay to take a nap. I took a nap last Sunday and it was awesome. I like, I slept, I'm a power nap person. So my 10 minute nap felt to me like the most glorious 10 minutes of the whole day. It was incredible. It was a part of my Sabbath practice. So I'm just going to assume that you're going to give yourself permission to, to sleep in your rest. And that the other things I'm going to say will help you to make sure you're not just being lazy on your, on your Sabbath, because there is a difference. So let me, let me explain. So here are the practices of rest. The first one is this. The first one is to play. Now, that might seem really weird to talk about playing, but as human beings, you were called to enjoy and delight in God's creation. You are called to enjoy and delight in the people that you are around with. You are called to enjoy and delight each other's company and things that you enjoy, to find beauty in creation. So God uh, has made us to be playful. Look, if you can't play, you are not that godly. Because I think that God has some of the biggest sense of humor that we could ever imagine. I look back on my life, I really laugh at some things that God has done in my in my life. I think that sometimes we think that seriousness is next to godliness, and that's not true. Actually, it's Jesus is the one who welcomes the little children to come to him. I'm going to guess that Jesus was playful with those kids. By the way, if you haven't seen the movie Chosen yet or the series Chosen, you should watch the series. It's such a cool picture of Jesus playing and engaging with kids. Uh, I just, I just, I would just want to encourage you to go and watch it. And I think it's a realistic picture of what Jesus would have been like. So a part of our rest is actually to find things that we enjoy or delight in. So what are some things that you do that really bring you life that are maybe not ha-ha, funny kind of playful things, but are things that really fill your tank up, like going for a walk in nature or um, sitting around a bonfire with friends and having deep conversation or maybe painting or drawing or maybe it's playing music or maybe it's crocheting i don't i don't know what what do you do that is an activity or something that you can do that's not about producing a thing that's not about working but simply about just enjoying the moment just sitting in the moment and enjoying it enjoying the people around you i would say that that's a part of our rest so remember that connection is the key so here's what I would say. There are some things that we can do that might feel like they're good and, and kind of like playful kinds of things, but that actually aren't very, that don't actually foster connection with us. So it's okay to play some video games if that's a thing that really like you feel like fills your tank. But I would just say there's probably some limitations on how good that is for you. If, if what you're doing doesn't actually foster connection between you and God, you and yourself and you and other people, it's probably not something that's really going to be really restful and bring play into your life. Again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying that we should evaluate what that is. So for me, sometimes uh, reading books, 
um, because I read books all the time from work is not very restful or playful for me. It actually feels a lot like work. And so I have to put those books aside because those are not life giving to me. It actually doesn't foster connection. It actually feels a little bit more like work. So what, what it feels playful or that things that you find delight in are going to be very different than what another person might, might find. So I want to encourage you to think about what it is that you can actually find joy or delight in that would actually foster connection. So the first one is play. The second one is to pray. The practice of rest is to pray. And now I don't necessarily mean that we just sit and we, uh, we, we only pray. I'm using prayer in a broader sense, saying what, our, what we're called to do, what we're supposed to do is actually connect with God in an intentional level. So that might look like singing some worship songs. It might look like reading the scriptures. It might simply look like talking to God or telling stories about things that God has done. What I'm talking about is a upward kind of connection. Uh, any way that you have of engaging with God, it could be reading, whatever orients your heart towards him, just something that focuses your heart and your mind towards him. So a, a catch way to say it is just prayer. It's kind of a blanket term for everyone. So, so we should be playful in rest and we should be prayerful in rest. Those are, those are two things I think have to be there. And the third thing is this, that there has to be purposeful connection. There's got to be purpose. And by that, I mean, there's got to be purposeful connection with the people that we live with or our closest, closest relationships. That rest should include that. That we should be, whatever it is that we're doing, should not just be sitting around, vegging out, watching movies for, for hours and hours on end. Uh, now, let me explain this. I'm a movie buff. I love movies. Uh, I could watch as many Star Wars movies as you could fit in one day, and that might be really restful for, for me for one day. And it actually might even make us feel connected as a family because, well, at least my kids, or at least one of my kids, really like Star Wars. Uh, the rest of them, not so much. But here's the point is that if we do that and we never actually engage with each other in any meaningful ways, then that somehow veers us away from something that's restful. So again, I'm not saying being legalistic about it. It might be something that's really good for you. But what I'm saying is, what are you doing to actually foster meaningful conversations, purposeful conversations in your house to really engage with one another? So having conversations about what are your hopes and dreams? What are the things that you are excited about? How did your week go? What are you looking looking forward to about next week, finding ways to engage with your kids or with your spouse or with your parents. Like these are all things that I think are super important. And again, don't be legalistic about the how just remember that whatever you do, it's got to have this purposeful connection because part of what we want to do is connect with one another. Uh, I'm going to ask Rob and, and Trish to, to come on up now. I've just been bombarding you with information, just throwing information at you. And so you might be feeling like, oh my gosh, this is a ton of stuff to do. And I've got to think about all of this. Here's what I want you to hear about that. The point of this isn't to give you a laundry list of things to do. The point of, of this isn't to um, make you feel overwhelmed with um, how to rest. The point of this is to say, most of us have no clue how to really rest. And if we're not intentional about seeking rest with God, then we aren't being intentional about remaining in him. And so all of this is so critical so that we make sure we're just not wasting our days missing opportunities. 
to rest with God. Because here's the deal. He is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our hiding place. But if we want to f- want him to be those things in our life, then we have to intentionally pursue rest. And so I would say that if we don't have a plan for how we will rest, we will not rest well. <laughs> and I'll tell you that's true in my life. When I don't intentionally pursue rest, when I don't have a plan for how I'm going to rest, I don't rest well. It's amazing how just all the things that life pull on me. It's amazing how there seems like another responsibility fulfill, another thing to do. Uh, I have a tendency to want to just zone out because I'm tired. And I just feel like, man, God has more for us than that. Remember, his desire is that we bear fruit. That's his desire. And part of that fruit is that we feel fulfilled, that we feel his joy. He says that he wants us, he wants to have joy in us, and he wants his joy to be in us. So the way that we go after that is that we actually learn how to rest well. So I want you to think about how are you resting? In your home and in your practice, what is your practice of rest? How do you rest? Have you ever thought about how do you rest? How do you connect with God? Not just in prayer time, but actually stopping the craziness of the world. Getting kind of off the merry-go-round for a little bit so that you can actually slow down and hear God's voice in your life. My guess is that most of us haven't thought about that a whole lot. That we don't really know exactly how we rest. If you can't identify right now when you plan to rest in the next seven days, chances are, you're not resting enough. If you can't look back at a 24-hour period in in the last four or five weeks, now this has been a little weird the last few weeks, if you can't look back and see a time when you rested, chances are, like, rest is something that you might really need to press into. And I know that's the case for me. I'm certainly feeling that. Uh, and, and, And to be honest, it's been challenging in this time. You know, are there the things that I could do before I can't quite do that were restful? I'm having to rethink what does rest look like in our house. My, my schedule has been very unpredictable. Maybe for you, it's been very predictable. And maybe you're, you're like, that's the thing I need a break from. I actually need to get out of the house. But for me, it's been terribly unpredictable to where it's very difficult for me to find a carve out rest where in other seasons, it's been really, really easy. So I'm preaching to the choir here. I need to engage and rest. So I've got a challenge for you this week. What would it look like for you to spend a full 24 hours, sundown one day to sundown the next day, an intentional rest? Whether you're on your own or with your, you're with a family, engaging in something that's playful, <laughs> that helps you just connect with creation or connect with God or connect with your heart, like what, whatever it is, something that's playful, something that's really like prayerful and helps you engage and connect with God in that way and something that helps you kind of connect with other people, some purposeful kind of engagement with one other people. Would you be willing to set aside a 24-hour period to engage with God? And maybe as I'm saying that, you recognize that sounds really hard or that sounds really scary because you just don't know what it would look like to do that. Well, let me tell you, if you've got kids around, it's going to be messy. 
There's going to be times where you're going to feel like this is not very restful. We've tried this on and off in our household. I feel like we're getting a lot better at it, but we still have a lot of room to grow. But the point isn't that it goes perfect or that in the process you feel so rested. The point is that as you look back over the years of your life, you can say, man, we made space in our home to be playful. We made space in our home to pray. We made space in our home to have really purposeful conversations. And look at how we've grown. Look at how we're more deeply connected to the vine through that. Maybe you're saying, oh my gosh, this sounds like a breath of fresh air. I can't wait to do this. Well, that's awesome. Go after it. Like rest, rest for us. Do something that is engaging. But would you do it? And let me challenge you in this. In that 24-hour period, I, I would just challenge you. Do not turn on the news. Do not click on one thing in your social media feed. If you could just go off of social media for a full 24 hours. But if you can't do that, if you're just if you're so attached to it for some reason, then here's my challenge to you. Do not click on one article about anything. Look at your kids' pictures. Look at your friends and what they're doing. Like if that's what you want to do, do that, but do not Let in the voices of the world shape what you're thinking for that 24 hours. Let his voice be the loudest voice in your life for that 24-hour period. Shut out all the noise. Don't click on one article about the coronavirus or this political thing or that political thing or what's the latest. It doesn't matter. Part of the whole idea of Sabbath is that we trust God with the things that we don't know. So let me challenge you in that. I know I'm being a little a little forceful here, but I think it's so critical that we get this because we so deeply need the connection with the vine in this season. So I want to give you a little bit of space here to think about what might that rest look like. And maybe even while these guys are playing, you can think about and talk about as a family, how do we rest? Do we have any patterns weekly or daily about how we rest. What does it actually look like for you to rest? So I want to give you some space to think about that and pray for you right now. Lord, I pray for my friends here that as they're listening, that they would begin to think really deeply about how it is that they rest, God, and that they would begin to see a picture, a vision for what it might look like to connect with you and connect with one another. I pray, God, that you would bring a conviction into our homes, God, of how deeply we need to stop and slow down, that our bodies need it, our minds need it, our souls need it. God, would you bring that conviction into every home, bring peace into every home as they begin to intentionally focus on rest. And I pray, Lord, that for those who this might be uncomfortable or something different, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just meet them in ways, God. Let this be a a turning point in in their life where they say, you know what, this is a new thing. We've got to do this more often. God, and I pray for grace for those who might struggle with this this week, whose, whose kids might not cooperate or whose jobs might not cooperate. I pray, God, for just an abundance of grace, God, knowing, God, that we were made to rest with you. God, that, that that's your purpose and your design, that you gave us rest as a gift. I pray that each and every home would feel the grace and the blessing of rest and connection with you this week. I pray that in Jesus' name. We hope that you were encouraged by this week's sermon. For more information, visit us at our website, www.fusionchurch.com, or you could find us on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great week.